0: In today's show, we look ahead to Tuesday in the NBA. Streaming options, injury updates, the things that we're watching for. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanJul Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanjulcom slash LockedOn today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're looking ahead to Tuesday. There's only five games on. This will be a short and sharp show, I guess. I hope. We'll see how it goes. Warning. Oh, actually, warning. That's better. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. First game is the Heat and the Cavs. Injury-wise, we're looking pretty okay. There's the Robinson, Jovic, Yurtseven injuries in Miami. Kevin Love is questionable. And that's it at this point. Until something weird happens, that's where we sit. So I guess that's a good thing. Again, always Jimmy Butler's or Kyle Lowry's can creep up, but we're looking all right. So what are we watching for? On the Miami Heat side of things, I do want to watch Victor Oladipo because he's struggling a little bit. And that's not a surprise. The guy's barely played over the last four or five years. He's four or five years removed from being an all-star, all-NBA caliber player. The injuries have sapped a lot of what he's done. And he had this nice little stretch when he came back this season and put up good numbers. But it hasn't lasted. So, is he able to maintain must-roster 12-team league status? I'm not sure. I also want to watch Kyle Lowry. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Because he is also struggling. They're only playing him 30 minutes a night. We'd love 34-35. That makes him a clear top 100 guy. And the shot is just way off for Lowry. So, I want to see, do they stick to the 30 minutes a night? Can he hit some shots? I still think he is a hold. Points league's less so, category league's yes. But if we keep going at 30 minutes a night, then it is really difficult to see him as a must-roster guy in those minutes with those poor shooting numbers. On the Cavs, The Levert. Dracarys. I'm pretty confident I know what's going to happen. Mitchell's back, and he's going to do nothing. So I'd feel okay about dropping him. But with only five games on, if you are in a position to understand that he might shoot 10% from the field and 40% from the line, definite possibilities for Levert. Like the value of him versus a waiver wire option, you've got to weigh that up. Now, long-term, I don't see it for Levert. And you know, he might be more destructive than he is helpful in this game. But there's something at least to consider, especially for points leagues. And then we've got the discman, CeeDee Arsman, who was great last game. 7 of 7 from 3. The minutes were likely there because Kevin Love was out. But one thing we know about Osman, we cannot trust him game to game. We can't trust minutes game to game. Although I feel more confident in that if we know that Love is out. But Love was ruled in last game and then didn't play. So I have to think he's not that far away. And Osman could just literally be out of the rotation. So there can be pop-off ability. And if you're just looking for a home run hit, there's always a consideration with him. But outside of that, no, not really. The next game, the Lakers in the Knicks. This is the only back-to-back on the Monday-Tuesday slate. It is the Lakers. We know for the Lakers that LeBron and Davis are sitting out Monday. So they're going to play in this game on Tuesday. The expectation for me is that Lonnie Walker probably doesn't play. But he's listed probable for Monday, so there's a chance he plays. And I don't think Austin Reeves will play. While for the Knicks, it's just Mitch Robinson who's out with that thumb issue. The Lakers will get more indication of things from yesterday. But what we see on Monday's game doesn't really impact Tuesday because so many players are out. So we do always just want to watch Schroeder and Hachimura and how they fit into the rotation with LeBron and Davis there. On the Knicks side of things, it's Emmanuel Quickly. Is 27 minutes enough? To me, it's borderline. And the way that he gets 30 plus minutes is either by Barrett or Grimes losing minutes or Tom Thibodeau playing Toppin and Randall together. And we know that that second thing is just never going to happen. It just won't happen. Toppin plays 10 minutes a night. I'm not saying that Toppin's an answer. I'm saying that Tom Thibodeau's stubborn and never tries it. That's all I'm saying. I don't think Toppin's a very good player. I think I had him number 18 in that draft when I did it. I maintained that I didn't believe in him as a player. And I've maintained that all the way through. But... I would have liked to see an opportunity given at some point to try something that wasn't plotting 4% usage center out there for the Knicks. Got that off my chest. This briefcase and this haircut. Now, you can hold Quentin Grimes for today because there's, well, for Tuesday, because there's five games on. But he is not a 12-team league must-roster player. The minutes are great. But at some point, you've got to do something with the minutes. Shout out to old mate Tony Snell. Where's Tony Snell these days? That's, yeah, the minutes are great, and there can be 18-point games on seven shots and 80% shooting. That can happen, right? But the totality of what Grimy does, it's just not there. Again, five games on, 35-minute-a-night starter. We always want to have that guy on our roster for a low-volume day. And when he's playing, if you've got him, like, no point dropping. But long-term, I don't think so. I don't think so. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The Super Bowl, it's here. And the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is Fanjul, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel, uh, because for Locked On, they are. Let me rephrase that whole sentence because I've got it mixed up. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to Fangio, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download Fangio now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Fangio lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. If you go over to Fangio, they've got some stuff that they've highlighted there already. What do you think about this? This bet here, it's plus 400. Either James Bradbury or CJ Gardner-Johnson to record one plus reception. I don't even know who either of those players play for, but all they have to get is one, or sorry, not one reception, one interception. So do you think CJ Gardner-Johnson, he's he's an Eagles player, isn't he? Or James Bradbury, is he a Chiefs guy? I don't know. I'm not an NFL person, but you can bet on either of those guys to have an interception and it's plus 400 over on Fanjul. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The Clippers and the Bulls. The Clippers are three-point favorites. The last time we saw the Clippers, they were getting their asses kicked very, very handily by the Cavs, but that's a different Clippers team because Kawhi and Paul George will play in this game. I don't know about a couple of the other guys that sat out there in um, Reggie Jackson and in Marcus Morris. You would have to think that they are a chance to return in this game, but we don't know that yet. Um, Bob Covington also missed last game for personal reasons. And for the Bulls, you'll have no Lonzo Ball or Javonte Green. On the Clippers, I do want to watch Norman Powell because there was a nice little stretch. He was putting up good numbers and then the minutes have gone 25, 21, 24, 16. Now the 16 is because of the blowout, but on a healthy team, I don't see 30 minutes for Norman Powell. I don't see 30 usage. Therefore, I don't see 12-team league value. But let's see how they use him. Maybe they change their mind. Maybe he does become the featured guy uh, in second units continually and can provide that. I don't believe it, but we'll see it. I also want to see Nick Batum's value because he played seven minutes last game. So if you stream Nick Batum in for that, you'd obviously be very disappointed because you thought he could play 28 minutes without Kawhi and Paul George. But the fact that they were 30 points down in the second quarter meant they didn't need to push that. So with Batum... He does still move into deeper league stream territory. He is not, I repeat, is not a 12-team league player. The low turnovers might skew rankings on whatever site you're looking at, and you go, oh, look at this, he's 110th best player because he never turns it over. Yeah, because he never does anything else. And that is, again, one of the pitfalls of looking at rankings to value players with turnovers on. Batum is not a 12-team league player. But there's at least stream value for him here. For the Bulls, what we want to watch is Kobe White, and then Alex Caruso, and then IO Desumu. Caruso, for his steals ability, that's valuable for some people. For others, it's useless. We watch White for his three-point shooting, and we watch Desumu for his ability to take minutes away from the better players. So we want to see how that all shakes out, how the minutes shake out. Can Caruso get 30 minutes? Can he get 28 minutes? Does Desumu play 28? Or does he go back to 24 minutes? Because that's sort of been the pattern for him. And what does that mean? Can any of them be reliable? I think it's highly unlikely. But that is something we, we do want to watch. The Hornets and the Bucks. Big blowout risk here. The Bucks are 11.5-point favorites. We know is out. We know Portis is out. Um, Cody Martin, I'm going to guess that he's out. We don't have an official designation on that, but this knee soreness just continues for him. Can they just list him doubtful again for the seventh consecutive game? Eighth consecutive game, actually, to tie on to the further 15 of those they listed him doubtful to start the season? We'll find out. On the Hornets side of things, I do want to watch Gordon Haywood. I want to watch the minutes. Now, I know he's not going to be 100% shooter like last game because that was obviously really good. But is he 26 minutes a night, Gordon Hayward? Or can he get to 30? And is the 26 minutes a night because of his hamstring? Or is it because they want to give Jalen McDaniels 25 minutes a night? That's a question that hopefully we can get an answer to. Because that is very important. And I also want to watch Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. Does Steve Clifford, old mate, big fella, does he go back to Mark Williams again? Because we know we get those random games where Nick Richards plays. So we had... Williams out of the rotation for two games at the middle of January. Then he played backup minutes, backup minutes, backup minutes, backup minutes, four in a row, and then out of the rotation, and then two games back as the backup. Does he stick as the backup? Is Steve Clifford okay in the head? What are we going to do here? And I think the thing that people are looking at a lot here with Mark Williams is they're looking at the fact that last game, old old Mason Plumlee, the cockroach, only played 28 minutes. And people go, oh, it's happening. They're making the switch. I'm not convinced that's the case but we want to watch it really, really closely. Mark Williams, to me, is very clearly a must-roster player. Like, oh, must-roster, yes. In 14-team leagues, absolutely is a must-roster. In 12-team, yes, he should be rostered because we are a week and a half away from the trade deadline. We'll get more of an indication of if Plumlee is traded. I almost called him Cockroach. Cockroach, whatever. Um, is he is he traded? I think it's actually a pretty low chance at Plumlee's traded. I also think it's a low chance that Clifford turns the job over to Mark Williams exactly after the trade deadline. I think if it happens, look at it March 25, March 26, April 1st, around that zone, if it actually happens. But I know, 100% know, that Mark Williams is the better future option for this team. It is as clear as day. When they make that pivot, if they make that pivot, is the big question mark. But grab Mark Williams. For the Bucks. Paddy connerton He showed us why he is Paddy Connerton last game. And that is a player who's not a good fantasy option. He'd been putting up really strong numbers before that and then just did nothing. Now, with Portis out, it does help his minutes. And with Middleton on a minutes restriction, it does help him out. But he's not a must-roster guy. Same with Joe Ingles. They're streamable players. And this is a good opportunity to stream them. Now, Jingle and Joe played 26 last game. And I think with Middleton likely on a minutes restriction again, that will get Ingles in a pretty solid role to be streamable. For the Pelicans and the Nuggets, the Nuggets are eight and a half point favorites. Brandon Ingram sat last game. He will return in this one. We don't know about CJ McCollum. He missed the last game for a thumb issue. I expect that he'll be okay. But if he is out, then I'm a little bit worried. But I think he should be okay. Zion will be out and Dyson Daniels will be out. While Denver, the only guys that are out there are Jack White and Colin Gillespie. Uh, actually, that's not true. The headmaster has just popped up on the injury report, Jamal Murray, with... um. Uh, with a knee issue. So that's not great. Knee management. Um, Murray's minutes have been insane the last four, three games. 38, 40, and 39. That's really crazy. So we'll see exactly what um, what happens there with Murray. On the Pelican side, Brandon Ingram's getting a lot of shots. He's not hitting them, but he's getting a lot of shots. And then we'll see how that carries over to Marshall, Murphy, and Jones. And then Larry Nance also, who's getting 20-plus minutes a night at the moment. Nance, he's not really turning it into must to 12-team stuff. But in saying that, he is still top 100 over the last week. And he does not make sense for tons of teams. He's never going to score. He's not going to generate big threes volume. But rebounds, steals, blocks, and field goal percentage with some out-of-position assists is what makes him valuable. You've got to look past the points for Nance. I think his value spikes when Zion returns because they play those two together a lot. We're seeing Nance stay healthy at the moment, which is obviously very important for his um, overall value. And yeah, he's worth looking at. Is he a must? Again, no, because it depends on your team. For the Nuggets, I do want to watch Maga Porter Jr. He was pretty good last time out, but he hasn't been able to continually provide that level of value this season. Is he going to stick around 30 minutes a night? Because that's seemingly all he gets. And that obviously puts a cap on what he can do. Will he get more out of that? Are they still managing his heel and his back and all of that stuff? Hmm. And then I want to watch Bones Highland, who came out, the Nuggets were actively shopping him, which is something to watch. I don't think that he's a stash, because again, when we hear these rumors, that just doesn't come true, right? But if Highland was to move to a situation where he would be a 25, 26-minute-a-night player, he's a must-add player. In this Nuggets scenario, he isn't, because he plays 16 to 20 minutes a night most nights. And even when Murray sits out, Bones doesn't really change that much. So yes, we could stream him if Jamal is out, but more I want to see if we can get consistency 23-24 a night, and I'm really skeptical that that's going to be the case. Let's look at streaming. There is no Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back, so we just look straight at Tuesday streaming for Category Leagues. I think we go here to Jericho Sims. You just made the list. He's likely to get 30 minutes over Hartenstein. you got Pat Williams, who I think he's a 12-10 league guy to roster now. Um, Larry Nance, just spoke about him. Emmanuel Quickly, yeah, look, it's hard to look at must roster for him, but... The stream value is pretty immense. Alex Caruso for his steals, the old rabbit hunter. I didn't play his sound before. Let's do it now. quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. Then there is Paddy Connaughton, Victor Oladipo, who again, watch your field goal percentage there. And then Quentin Grimey Grimes, who might do nothing, but the minutes are there to be useful. For deeper leagues, you've got Isaac Okoro, Caleb Martin, locked in as a starter with 27 minutes. Nico Batum, Derek Jones Jr., Jinglin Joe Ingles. Um, Paddy Beverly, who yeah, value will probably decline, but last time we saw him with Davis and LeBron, he played a ton. Also turned into a part-time photojournalist. We've got Kobe White as a good stream for threes, and Io assume is a good deeper league option as well. For points leagues, these guys are all available in 40% plus of leagues. The two Knicks there, Simson, and Quickly, and Paddy Williams, Oladipo, Dennis Schroeder, um, Quentin Grimes, and even Najee Marshall can be a bit of a points league streamer, although my confidence in that is not particularly high as Obi tries to knock down the door. As those of you on video now can tell, that my dog did in fact want to come in the room, and here he is sitting on me, the big fella Obi, ready to go to discuss how we look at the next four days. And I'm going to be honest with you, there's not fantastic big amount of, op- that's terrible English. There's not a big selection of guys that I really love over the next four days. There are four names here that should be added irrespective of volume of games. Kyle Anderson has two games in the next four nights. He's been really good. He has to be rostered. Jericho Sims with two games in the next four nights should be rostered. The Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. He's only got one game over the next four nights. I don't actually care. He should be rostered. And then the other one is d Wright. Now, I'm a little bit iffy on d but the value for steals, I'd much prefer him over Alex Caruso. I'd prefer him over Herb Jones pretty clearly as well. And d is getting 22 to 24 minutes a night, and he is worth having a look at there, irrespective of schedule. And there is one team that plays three games in the next four nights, and that is yours, mine, and Steve Clifford's Charlotte Hornets. So... We talk about the value of Mark Williams. Like, the value of Mark Williams is not only in trade deadlines, not only in backup center minutes, it's in three games in four nights. And we know how much that volume helps. And the other one we look at is Jalen McDaniels. While long-term, I don't like Jalen McDaniels as an ad, as a hold, I like him for three games in four nights. And that means that there's a back-to-back in there. So, does Gordon Haywood sit one of them, further boosting the value of Jalen McDaniels? And then you could look, I guess at um, a Dennis Smith, maybe across that for deeper formats. Maybe you look at a JT Thorpe, probably not, but there are some value options there because of the way that schedule plays out. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.